So we are about to kick off. We're coming up on the sixth year anniversary of a podcast for creatives. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Wow. Um, I know, right? <laughs> it feels like it's like it was just yesterday and yet like we're about a hundred episodes into this and uh it has been I think everything that we wanted it to really be, which is, you know, a shared environment for us to 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 talk about creative ideas and the creative process and to, you know, discuss the struggle and some of the successes and what makes it great. And I was reflecting on how far we've sort of come. And, you know, one of the things I don't think we, I don't think about enough is that even though this is a podcast for the creative industry, I don't think we ever look at it specifically this, this venture as a, as a creative kind of experience. I, I, I mean, like it is, but I think we come here to do a podcast and talk about things, but sometimes it helps to sort of pull out. And I was just kind of reflecting about how, I, like how fulfilling it is for me um, to have someone like you to share in this with. And when we talk about like topics for episodes and what we want to do, I can't recall a time that I came to you with an idea or that you came to me with an idea and either of us were like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> like it wasn't, nothing was ever shot down. Even when we didn't necessarily feel like it might've been the best topic for us as individuals to do. I think we obviously respect one another enough, but we also trust one another enough that we're not going to lead either of us down a path where it's going to be a dead end. Like we can find ourselves in that, in that situation. And I don't know, it's, it's probably the most rewarding creative environment that I've been a part of. And I think a lot of the reason is, is that we say yes to everything and, and we trust each other. And I thought it would be good for an anniversary episode of sorts to talk a little bit about what has been in our, in our lives and our careers um, you know, whether it's this podcast or whether it's been in other ventures where we have experienced the most success with creative environments, what have been parts of those creative environments that have led to that success and maybe things that have been barriers to that success and what really should be removed from those environments to allow for a better experience. For me in my creative career, this podcast is is the number one Thing that I can think of. I mean, there's not, there's not really a lot of competition for me because I don't have coworkers and I don't do a lot of collaboration. So this is kind of it. And, and, um, the podcast that I do with my sister is, is right up there as well. But I was, uh, kind of accidentally also doing some reflection recently Accidental reflection. Is Accidental reflection. reflection. Yep. We just made a little switch to our website. Needed a little refresh. So in redoing it, it's all it's a lot simpler now and it's just it's one page. So we kind of like lost, you know, the blog posts and things that we had. But I wanted to make sure that I didn't lose those. So I <laughs> painstakingly went through every single blog post entry that we had and I have all of that like copy and pasted all the text. So I kind of went through the little journey of the history of the podcast in doing that. And there were so many moments in doing that where I, I thought, 
wow, I, I forgot that we did that. I forgot that we talked about that topic. I forgot that we, I forgot about this guest. And it's very much a reflection of what you just said. We've done so many different things and, you know, for, for six years, I think that we've kind of also like inadvertently experimented, but it's, it's not something that we set out to do. I think Mm. our vibe of working together has always been one of us coming to the other person and being like, Hey, like, I want to talk about this or I want to try this, or I think it'd be cool to have this person on. And then the other one just says like, sure. That like, I, like I'm always, I'm always excited when you when you prompt something and I'm also always excited to share it, one of my ideas with you because I know that I'm going to be met with enthusiasm. Yeah. I feel like we have a really kind of weird but robust 90 something episodes behind us where sometimes they're like you know, more regularly structured where we're going to talk about like a topic having to do with creativity. And sometimes it's a conversation with someone. And then we have like a random episode where we just talk about the crown. We talk about Hitchcock. We've done like we've, we've done a couple Thanksgiving specials. Also not really plans that we have so many of those now, but it's just, it, it's such a picture. I think of what creativity should be. It should be, it shouldn't make complete sense. I don't think that as creative people, we are in many situations like what we have that you feel safe or free enough to, to do that. Ego, I think plays a big role in this, or should I say, you know, lack thereof. Um, I think we come into this and we don't have, you know, an ego about, who has the idea or who's, who's had the most ideas in a row or, you know, who's, who's doing what, like, I think we want to make sure that that is something that is left behind and not at the forefront of anything. And I think any creative environment that I've had, that's been good that I've been a part of people in those roles that I get to work with, they're not coming at it with an ego. They, they might have a belief. They might have principles. It reminds me of one of my favorite sayings that principles endure, but formulas do not. So you're not coming at this with this like formula for the sake of a formula or process for the sake of a process. But it's really more or less like we might have principles about what we want to accomplish and do, but there's no ego. It's people who are coming into the situation feeling like their ideas can be heard and you want to make space for that, you know, like. There should be an environment where good ideas are heard and and executed upon where everyone feels like they have, you know, a space to be able to to contribute. You know, if you're in an agency setting or if you're in a larger group or you're running your own small business with a couple of employees, you hired those individuals for a reason. You didn't hire them just to check a box and, and say, okay, the goal is fulfilled. We hired for the position. The goal is really to do whatever it is you do as a as a company, as a business, as an organization. So to fulfill that goal, you need people. So you're hiring the right people. It's like that old, I don't know if it's Simon Sinek or whoever it is, but basically like, you know, or Steve Jobs, but like get out of the way and let these people be great, right? Like you're hiring them for a reason, create the environment for them to be successful within. Yeah, I think I do this to myself, but I also cringe when I see it happening in other places where someone might 
have an idea and then they're like, they're afraid to bring it to the table because they're afraid that they're going to be judged or that it's stupid. I did a um, kind of like a marketing type program years back called Business by Design that I think still exists. But one of the things that I love that was kind of one of their mantras was like, F the how for now, which is essentially like, always have like very blue sky thinking. Do not shoot down your ideas before you even get them like out of, you know, out of your mouth or out of your brain. And I think that we, we end up leaving so many creative ideas on the table and things that we like, we think can't be done probably can be done if we're brave enough to like, even just share it with like one other person. I mean, even, I know this is, maybe not the best example, but when I look at some of the guests that we've had on, I know at least the ones that it was me who was like, oh, I would love to have this person on. I was like petrified to ask them and I never thought that they would say yes, but I don't think that I would have (laughs) been brave enough to go after it if I knew that you weren't like with me in in like the ask, even though like, even if it was like me logistically sending the email, I don't know, there was something about knowing that like, we would endure the rejection together, even if like, you didn't like, you didn't care as much as I did, if I was the one like that wanted this person on, it kind of works in the same way as like, you were saying, when you have an idea, and you want to share it with like, with your partner or your group, once you say it, then it kind of becomes like, everyone's idea and like we're all going to be in this together so even if you know one person might not think that it is like the best idea for for this you know particular um, situation and it might not be like the best solution you're still going to respect the person who's suggesting the idea's you know opinion enough to maybe either pull out the good parts or say like, okay, like, and what else are you thinking? Just to kind of like to just to keep that flow going so that no individual ever feels like they can't share their voice in a, in a collaboration setting. Yeah. And I think that's just been the foundation of this podcast from the, from the beginning. It was just a place to talk, you know, I'm not trying to simplify it, but it really was. So when you're out there saying like, you know, this isn't about, you know, getting this many downloads or, or, or selling ad space or whatever, you know, like getting people to like, I mean, please, please, if you're listening to this, please, please like this and, and, and um, give us stars, know, give us five stars <laughs> and all those things. But it isn't, it isn't about that for us. I think this is, you know, this is, that's why that those types of moments when something we really want to do and have our heart on or have our heart set, you know, on having or accomplishing doesn't come to fruition you know, like you said, we are there to support each other because we care about the other person's ambitions. But that's that doesn't happen on accident. That's that's foundational. So, you know, I think that's another lesson out of this is you got to care about the other people and their opinions and what they you know what they want, what we're trying to do collectively. But you got to care about where people are coming from and they need to be able to feel that because if they feel that, I think they're going to be more willing to step forward and take that chance. And who knows what that opportunity is going to be that could level up you know, whatever it is you're doing. I'm a big fan of, of the, the, you know, the musical artist Passenger, and he just released a new album last week, and it's doing great. Um, there, was a, there was a campaign that he had had earlier in the week about 
you know, they had a chance to crack the top five of um, albums in the UK, which is, you know, is, is very rare. And, and then at the end of the week, he had posted something about like, I know I had posted earlier in the week about we had a crack at this. Turns out we finished at seventh, which is still a really great accomplishment. And he's like, but as much as that would have been something that would have been a great thing for, for, for me and for us as, as a unit, he's like, I learned a long time ago because he's an independent musician. He's not on a record label or anything like that, that you don't make albums for the purposes of how many you sell or what place in, in rankings that you end up making. You make them for people because it becomes a part of their life. The reward comes in the stories that you hear back from, from them. And that really struck with me because not only is it a parallel, I think for what we do here, you know, we're not making episodes for, you know, like we said, to get X amount of downloads or making them for rewarding conversations. And I always feel like the feedback that we get from people who listen to this is really about how something impacted them or something that they watched or listened to really sort of was a reflection on how they are or reinforce something. But it also sort of reminded me about what I, why I do what I do, which is we're in a business and we're trying to, to, you know, we want to bring in, you know, school districts and partners and grow our service and all these things. But really, at the end of the day, what I want to do is have an environment where people want to be a part of something bigger than them. And you want to have the work that they're doing and the interactions that they're having have a real impact on on their lives and make it an, a, a positive experience. I think that's what I try to create. So. I think that's a big lesson for me out of this too is is that you know there could be a bigger goal which which might have a business line to it and obviously you can't not pay attention to some of those things but you know if the group that you're doing it with sees themselves in the space that you've created for them sees a place for them I I think you're well on your way to a, to recognizing the overarching goal because everyone is moving forward you're allowing people to actually feel like they belong there and that is such a huge part of the creative experience is just belonging if i were coming to you and i was leading a team i could see myself struggling in a role like yours especially working by myself first for most of my career and i think it would be really hard for me to like to not get involved in the creative process even if i if I trusted the other people and I loved their work, I still would want to like, I would probably butt in more than I should. So if you were giving advice to someone like me or to another team leader on how you think that you have successfully cultivated a, an environment within um, your creative team so that they feel safe to share their ideas and, and to experiment, what advice would you give? say yes more than you say no. I don't want to kill an idea right off the bat because sometimes people aren't necessarily the best at speaking their idea, putting it into words where the way that you see it is the way that they see it. So a lot of times you sort of have to kind of go down this, this, this path a little bit to with them. And sometimes the dots start to connect a little bit more the way you go, you know, the, the further down the path that you go. I think a lot of it starts with the hiring before you even get to that piece of it. You know, so many times I think we shade to the, the, the specific type of person that we want to hire, somebody who comes from this industry, somebody who has this background. You and I are from completely different backgrounds when it comes to how we approach work and the work that we do, and yet there's space for us in this venture. And I think there's something to that lesson. 
you know, some people might come from a design background. Some people might come from, you know, a, a, a different type of creative background or something that might just completely be with a different title because that's how they got started. But at their heart and their core, they have a different calling. It doesn't matter what they've done, but I think it matters why and how and their process and why they make certain choices and, and how they want to implement and what they see. Those answers when you're when you're interviewing or when you're bringing people on board, I think matter more than what might be on a resume from the type of work that they've done. So I think making space for that, that type of varied background where people feel like, you know, there's there's a number of different voices at the table here who can help make us better. I find saying yes, like I said, saying yes more than saying no. And then the, the, the urge to want to sort of tweak or, or revise or whatever it is, I think that's natural because you have a vision. But I also think it's, it's trying really hard not to do it after the fact. Like, I think you can agree upon a direction for a project or what you want to do, but talk a little bit about like, well, what has to be a part of this? Like, what has to be this reality? I can't remember if I've shared this on this on this podcast before, but we had a district that wanted to do a a video, um, a social piece, um, something that was going to end up in the feeds of parents, talking about how successful their remote learning, their distance learning, uh, you know, offering program was during the, the the height of the pandemic, how the kids grew and and how successful it was and whatever. And, you know, right off the bat, I think when when we started talking about like what this was going to be, you, you know, I, I obviously have a little bit more of a, a window into it because my wife's an educator. But you also know enough about what's in the media and what people are complaining about on parents are, are, are complaining about on social media and frustrations that it wasn't just all fine and dandy. Right. You know, you, it wasn't just roses that like it was a perfect process and everything went great. So you don't want to necessarily tell somebody based on what we've been talking about, no, this idea sucks. Right. But like you want to make space for the truth and yet you want to do it in an engaging way. And one of the things that we had said to this district was if you're going to do this and you're going to do this the right way, you have to show it for what it is warts and all. And it doesn't mean you have to wallow in the negativity, but you definitely have to acknowledge the truths that everyone was seeing and experiencing. So we made the the warts out to be maybe take a little bit more of a humorous spin on them. You know, having teachers talking about, you know, uh, technology dropping and things that they've seen in the background of their kids, you know, uh, of their rooms and whatnot. And, and, you know, but we wanted to make space for like it wasn't exactly what it would have been if it was in person. And we wanted to make that abundantly clear up front. But then instead of talking about kids were great and they all got great grades and everything was awesome because that's not the truth either. We talked about the growth in these kids this year and what we saw them develop into and what the relationships were like and how they strengthened over the course of the year and how it's a year that none of them are ever going to forget. And yes, it didn't look the, the, the way that we always remember it to be, but it was still a really good year despite the ups and downs. And I think when you acknowledge the truth in a situation before the fact, you know, you never want to just go out there and create something on a surface level and say, okay, and this is it. And you're natural to want to say like, okay, but what about this? But what about this? But then it becomes a critique. Then it becomes a critical attack on, on the product. And I think if you're in an environment where that idea comes in, the original idea of let's do a piece, let's do something on 
the success of learning and say, okay, great, let's talk about some of the principles of what happened this year. Okay, well, some of the things that we're putting up on our whiteboard aren't necessarily just great things that happened during this digital you know, year that these kids experienced. We got to tell that story somehow, but also talk about that these are kids. They didn't ask for this. They did their best. That has to be reflected in the storyline. So all of a sudden you have this arc of tension and some things that kind of played out that really make for a compelling story that all of the people around the table contributing to this product felt like they had an equal part in what was happening. And we had a successful delivery because it was the truth, but it also made space for everybody to feel like they could be heard. So I think it's it. It's hiring the right people. It's understanding that they come to you with different backgrounds and that's okay. Make space for that. Say yes more than you say no, but be truthful to the process. Be truthful to your principles. Allow those voices to be heard and create awesome stuff together. The thing that I most connected with in all of that was the idea of like the presence of a whiteboard, whether that's literal or metaphorical. The thought that someone might have an idea, I love that you said a lot of times you'll have something in your head, but when it comes out of your mouth, it's not like exactly what you were thinking, but instead of immediately saying yes or no, saying, tell me a little bit more about that, or let's have a discussion about that, which in essence, like whether that's coming from an, in it, from an individual or from an organization, the saying yes more than saying no is like saying yes to being open to fully exploring an idea. And then even after you've like nailed the concept, continuing to like have that open dialogue to make whatever you're making the best that it can be. The worst feeling that I've probably experienced in my career is coming with an idea that I probably it made sense in my head. I, I, the lesson learned for me is, is that I, I should have done a better job of trying to articulate it. But the moments in my career that I didn't sell it the way that it should have been sold and it didn't go anywhere. And part of that is on me, but I also think part of it is on the person leading the piece too. And it's not trying to be critical of anybody, but you know, sometimes an idea comes and you're like, okay, but, 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 but why, right? Like you, you hear it and you're trying to see the value of it. I do sometimes. And you're going, okay, but let's not just say no, let's, let's keep going down this road together. And I think sometimes you end up coming to a destination that you're like, okay, this is what they meant. Or now I understand it. Or the person realizes something else that they're pitching and they're like, okay, this is, this is a better concept. I like where we've ended up here, but you have to make that space for that. You know, I think it's really doing a disservice to the process. If you're just shooting down something because on the surface, it doesn't make sense. I'm glad that you took some of that, that ownership, because I think that it's, it's very frustrating for me. I feel like the more like writing I do, the more self-conscious I get about speaking because I'm like, I can't, I can't edit like my words as they're coming out of my mouth. And I'm, especially when we're, when we're podcasting, I'm just like, you're hearing it, whatever's coming out, whether <laughs> I'm messing up or pausing or whatever, like I have to like be willing to put that out there. But I think that it can be really like scary when you're 
sharing an idea and you're not super comfortable with the other person and or or group of people and maybe the reason that you're feeling that way is not completely all insecurity but because you have like a track record of ideas being shot down before or you seeing it happen to other people and I like ah oh, that that kills me to think that there are like creative people everywhere who have good ideas that are never like given the chance to to fully explore them. Yeah. And I think it's how you want to look at whatever it is you're you're running, whatever your business is, whatever your venture is. It's how you choose to look at it. If you look at it as a business, this is my business, these are my employees, they carry out what needs to get done and that's how we do business, you're going to likely have an environment, I mean, it might be successful, but you're gonna have an environment where probably people feel more like employees and less like a group of coming together, a team coming together, supporting each other and wanting the best for each other. And for me, I have just found the most successful relationships from a professional standpoint that I have been in it's just that you make space for the relationship. You get to know the other person. You get to understand what they're about. I can, I mean, I was talking to a colleague the other day about, I can remember early on in my managerial career, you know, having team meetings sometimes around the holidays and like completely just foregoing what I wanted probably from a business standpoint to talk about because I found it much more interesting to just talk about their traditions from their families and like things that they would do at the holidays and you know, I remember one friend, you know, one colleague of mine who whose mom makes mincemeat pie and another one who talks about traveling to three different houses on Christmas, you know, like and, you know, like you might look at that if you're not if it's not something that speaks to you and you're going, well, what do I care what this person does or that person does? Believe me, it makes a difference. It makes a difference for that person feeling like there's a space for them that you make space for them to 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 tell their story and it also allows you to connect with them. Like, you know, you're never going to feel comfortable to your point with somebody if you don't feel like they're making space for you, for who you are as a person, that they trust you and that you trust them. So I think the key to part of that is is in relationship building. It's in making sure that you you find the time to get to know who you're working with, who you're going to battle with, who you're teaming up with, whatever it is that 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 bond is there because I think some of the work that comes out of that is rooted in those relationships. Some of those great moments that you experience together is rooted in some of those conversations that you have one-on-one -on -one or one on a couple or away from, from, from the project that allows you to recognize success. I think it just is about connection, relationships, finding the right people, making space for them to feel like they're heard, that they belong and, getting out of the way and letting them just kind of do things to be, to be really good, to be awesome. And for all those solo people like me, who do most of your work by yourself, maybe think about treating yourself in the same way that you would treat <laughs> friends or other people that you're working with. Because when you're describing, you know, kind of like toxic situations and relationships and people, people not being heard and people shooting down ideas. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I do that to myself every single day. And it's, it's, it's like such a, a loss to do yeah. that. And it's silly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can do it by yourself. You can make that space.